You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And thanks for listening. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to get your fantasy fix with Michael Harmon from SwollenDome.com. Find out what went wrong in Houston with Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicles and find out what Lamar Woodley is doing with cars on NFL Network. Brian, let's kick off the podcast today by going around the league with Jason Cole of Bleacher Report. Jason, as always, we appreciate the time. We'll get to the premier clubs in a moment. Let's start at the bottom. Who do you think has a more challenging month coming up, the Jets or the Colts moving forward without Andrew Luck? Oh, the Colts moving forward without Andrew Luck because at least with the Colts, they had expectations. Uh, there was the belief that this was going to be a good team. With the Jets, everybody's known for months and months and months, they're terrible. So, like, what do you have to lose if you're the Jets? I mean, I, you know, this is, this is playing out exactly how everybody thought it was going to play out. But how do you correct the problems that Indy has when you talked about Indy just now uh, when it comes down to Andrew Luck coming back? Because honestly, with the way that looked this past weekend, it didn't matter who you had behind the quarterback at, at the quarterback position behind that line or on that team in general, because it was just that bad. Well, I think look, I think their offensive line is going to get better, and certainly having a guy who gets rid of the ball faster. I mean, operationally, they'll look better. Are they going to win? No, probably not, because their defense is atrocious. I mean, this is much more massive rebuild than people understand, and yes. Andrew Luck makes them more competitive, but he doesn't make them a playoff team, not yet, not with that roster that's around him. Now, I think they can score some points, you know, beat up some people occasionally with him, but, you know, with Tolzien or even Brissett. I mean, Brissett's a better player than Tolzien. But, you know, again, this is just – a really bad roster from top to bottom. If you took a look at this roster last year and you take a look at it again, it's, it's again, a disaster, and it's only gotten worse because they don't have Andrew Luck. Jason Cole of Bleach Report is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Jason Cordell loves it when I play the Stanford card, so I'll defer to you as a Cardinal alum. It was evident early on well, in his I know, tenure. It's not Colorado, but we yeah, I know. Well, that, that's the Harvard oh, of Boulder. We do what we can in the Pac-12. It was evident early on when Jim Harbaugh was the head coach at Stanford. He was going to be making the move to the NFL at some point. Different situation in Michigan. That's home. But what do you make of these early murmurs that for the right price, Harbaugh could be extracted from Michigan to reunite with Andrew Luck with the Colts? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. He could be. A, I mean, Jim's all about uh, all about the cash. You put enough cash in front of him, he'll do. And people in Michigan know that. People in Michigan know that he's not necessarily a long term guy, and they'll take whatever they get from him and be happy because he's made the program respectable. And you know, like if you talk to people like John Bacon, look. They understand what the deal is. That he's, this is not a forever deal. They hope it is. They hope that you know John, that Jim likes it enough. They want to stay, but don't assume that that's that's it. Because again, Jim's about the money. He always was about the money. 
when you think of Jim, like who could he save? Could he come in and and revive, say, the Indianapolis coach talking about Jim Harbaugh, if he were to leave, could you? where would you see him going if he was actually have a chance to leave somewhere like Michigan? Well, he's going to go to the place that's best set up, like has a quarterback, has a roster, gives him control over who he gets to draft. Uh, and Indianapolis will, will do that to an extent. I mean, they'll still have Ballard there. But, you know, Harbaugh is going to come in saying, I want to run things the way I want to run things. And... You know, there's going to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just how Jim is. And, again, that's the leverage he has. It's just like with Nick Saban. If Nick Saban says, I'll, I'll go to the NFL, he goes to the NFL and completely on his terms and only on his terms if some team wanted to do that. Harbaugh will return to the NFL at some point, I believe. And again, it will be on completely on his terms on how he wants to handle the situation. And that's a good headline from this conversation, taking you around the league with Jason Cole, Bleacher Report. Let's go back to Sunday. Were you surprised the Packer defense played that well against Seattle, or did that tell you more about the Seahawks offensive line? It's the Seahawks offensive line and the Seahawks offense overall. I mean, it just they don't they don't scare you. I mean, I think number one, they don't know who the running back is. Process is okay, but I think Carson's really the, the kid that they should be playing back there to give him some semblance of a running game. But that. Like that offensive line doesn't provide any kind of consistent protection that allows Russell Wilson to get any kind of rhythm. And so the only times that they play well are when they hurry up and catch somebody in a matchup they can take advantage of and keep them from being able to change their defenses very much. If you can change your defense, if you can call things out the way you want to, you're going to be able to stop Seattle. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't anticipate that good defensive teams are going to give up a whole lot of yards or points to that team this season. Not until the second half when they have had enough time to, to fix some of the problems that they have at this point. How much are you buying Jacksonville? The way they play with Calais Campbell up front, getting three and a half sacks in the first half. Got a young running back and Leonard Fournette who's running really hard, making a statement in, in, in the preseason saying that he don't think the National Football League is really tough when it comes to the stopping the run, which I guess you can I guess you can go out on a limb to say, you know what, because of what he went against every week being at LSU, uh, for him, because that's all he had to go against every week, he may have a point, but because he ran as hard as he possibly could, that was J.J. Watt as well as Davion Clowney and came away with 100 yards rushing in his first debut as a National Football League running back. Well, he's, look, he's a quality player. There's no question about that. And, you know, when you come out of a professional league like the SEC, um, you know, you're, you're going to come out very much, very much ready. I mean, yeah. the only thing he probably wasn't ready for was the pay cut it took to come to the NFL. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, look, I think Fournette's a really good player. Now that he's healthy, he gives him some semblance of an offense. Like, you know, Houston was so bad, though, on their offensive line. Yeah, Dwayne Brown got so much leverage coming out of that game when they gave up 10 sacks. Yeah, when you give up that, I think it was like almost half the plays overall that Houston ran, the quarterback got hit. You can't run an offense when when you're you're doing that. It doesn't matter if it's Tom Savage or Deshaun Watson. If you're going to let the quarterback get knocked around that much, you're not going to be able to play productive offensive football. And that showed up. And so, look, We've been talking about Jacksonville for a couple of years and the number of good players that they put together, you know, like Jalen Ramsey and Gawkway, uh, Miles Jack. They added Calais Campbell. They had, you know, a sense of toughness about them, you know, with the combination of Marone and Tom Coughlin there. 
the big question is going to come when they have to play tight games or have to come back in games where Blake Bortles is asked to do a lot. If you're asking Blake Bortles to do a lot, then you may be sorely disappointed by this team. Jason, let's wrap it up with another question connected to the concept of leverage. Are you surprised that Aaron Donald showed up on Saturday without a new deal in place? And what's the outlook for the new contract? Well, a little bit, but I think that there were promises made to him that he was going to get the highest contract um, in football if he showed up and he played and he played nice with the Rams. I think that once they crossed that bridge, then I think everything turned out all right. And But look, I wouldn't come in until you actually put the paper in front of me and I was ready to sign. That's how I would play the leverage. That's I would do it uh, the way that Dwayne Brown's doing it, saying, look, you're not getting my services until – uh, until I absolutely have to show up, which in uh, Dwayne Brown's case is with eight games left in the season, or in Aaron Donald's case when I feel like I want to show up because I don't have to show up at this point in time to get credited years. Uh, to me, I was a little bit surprised, but obviously the Rams have made some good faith gesture, and I expect that they're going to follow through on that because that's what traditionally Kevin Demoff, their contracts guy, has done. Tremendous information as always. Thanks so much for the insights. We'll chat with you soon again on the NFL on TuneIn. No problem. Take care. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Let's say all you want to do is listen to a little sports talk on TuneIn, but all you hear is a lot of noise. With Bose QC35 wireless headphones, you just flip a switch and suddenly the sports talk comes through loud and clear. Bose QC35s are engineered with world-class noise cancellation, hassle-free wireless technology, and up to 20 hours of battery life. Lose the noise, lose the wires, and lose yourself in sports talk. Visit Bose.com slash huddle to experience Bose QC35 headphones today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's check in with Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle to find out what happened to the Texans in week one as they were battered by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think starting Thursday for the Texans? Deshaun Watson is being prepared to start Thursday night against the Bengals, and he participated fully in practice today. And continue to report when I've been reporting for days that he is going to be the guy. Unless it swells up overnight, which is not anticipated, everything went fine today, then Deshaun Watson will make his NFL starting debut Thursday night, and they're not going to flip-flop. I know Bill O'Brien didn't want to make it official, make any announcement. He doesn't have to under the rules, but Deshaun Watson is the guy, and you know we'll see how it goes. I think that it was a really strange situation because no one anticipated the offensive line, even without Dwayne Brown being quite that bad, giving up 10 sacks. And with the style of play of Tom Savage being a little bit deliberate in the pocket on the ball and be fairly immobile, it's almost out of necessity and the future because Deshaun Watson, obviously, you know, with them having their investment of him, a couple first round picks with the trade to Cleveland, he's the guy. So, they have accelerated the timetable, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily fair to Tom. You know, he had some drop passes. He was very accurate. He didn't really do anything wrong other than holding the ball. It wasn't like there was a ton of, you know, plays where you could say, oh, this guy is making a mental mistake, but he does hold the ball too long, and the offensive line is just terrible right now. And unless they play a lot better, it's not going to really matter much who's the guy. 
Calais Campbell and company on that defensive line for Jacksonville, uh, I think they just played really fast. I don't know who could have gotten the ball out of their hand quick enough playing against that defense on this past uh, Sunday. But with saying that, you're right. Coach doesn't have to declare who's a starter. I mean, there's no rule saying he has to, which means now it gives the opposing team defense more to prepare for. But when you hear Bill O'Brien mention that there's a four-play difference between Deshaun Watson and uh, Tom Savage, how much are you buying that? Because I think Deshaun Watson imposes a threat that no other quarterback that I've seen through come through uh, come through the Houston Texans organization. Uh, I've never seen that before from a standpoint of being able to get out on the perimeter or make plays with his feet. But how much are you buying that there's only a four-play difference between the two quarterbacks? Yeah, I'd love to hear him how he defines that too. To, you know, to get into more detail. In my opinion, you know, I'm in lockstep with you because he has the ability to escape, to improvise, to throw on the run, to make plays out of nothing. Tom has, you know, some ability to elude, you know, and, and to throw against his body. He has a lot of arm strength, but you need a creator back there when you have, you know, this terrible line. And Deshaun, you know, he had a touchdown pass in his first NFL game. I remember covering Eli Manning against the Ravens way back when he was a rookie. He had a zero passer rating. I think he'll only get better. This isn't the ceiling for Deshaun Watson. I believe this is the basement. He'll get better. He'll improve. And he does a nice job protecting himself. He doesn't take a ton of hard hits. He can slide. He protects himself. He's a smart young man. He knows the playbook very well. He's really precocious. Cordell, I think we're seeing the beginning of a quarterback that's going to be very good in this league. I'm just curious to see how quickly he develops. But, yeah, with this situation, you have to go with him. There's just not a lot of choice. Talking Texans football with our friend Aaron Wilson from the Houston Chronicle. You mentioned the absence of Dwayne Brown. Clearly the Texans missed him on the offensive line. He wants more money. This is a holdout now pushing into week two. Any news connected to Brown? No, no news with Dwayne Brown. And, yeah, that they haven't really communicated and, you know, had a whole bunch of interaction. They're not in a negotiation at all. And they – you know, it's status quo. He'll miss his second game of the season. He's now up to over a million dollars in lost game checks out of his, you know, $9.4 million salary. So uh, for Dwayne, this has become a very expensive holdout and over $1.5 million in fines. And he's also been docked 200 for uh, this uh, de-escalator clause for skipping the whole offseason. And, you know, yes, he shouldn't be the 11th paid tackle in the NFL, but you know he's, over, he's on the wrong side of 30. They don't negotiate deals for two years left, unless your name is Andre Jones or J.J. Watt down here. And you know it, it might not be the ideal situation at all, but he's going to have to make a decision at some point. Well, when do I want to come back if I want to play this year? He said, uh, I asked him the question when he was in town for some Hurricane Harvey relief event, and he was there with his wife, and he said, I definitely want to play football this year. I take him at his word. I believe Dwayne very much wants to play, but he also believes in his principles, and he's a man of uh, his you know, word and his convictions, and he, I give him credit. It takes a lot of guts to hold out for what you believe in and to miss games. But whether that's going to get him any kind of reward other than respect, I don't think so. I don't see a compromise in sight. When it comes to the quarterback position there in Houston, when will 
Bill O'Brien get into the conversations of, you know, is what he's doing good enough? Because he's going through a multitude of quarterbacks. I think right now, going into this season, I think he was, what, 14 quarterbacks since he got there. Now it's, what, maybe 15 quarterbacks now? Uh, right. And you're going to have, what, what 10 some starters for injuries, total? Some for performance, yep. Right, and, and all of, it's always the thing of, you know, the quarterbacks weren't good enough. When is it going to become a time in which the conversation and narrative changes that the complex conversation we have about his offenses now have become something – that has just gotten to the point where can any quarterback play well in that system right. that he has? Right. Can and, and I don't think it's exactly a carbon copy of what Tom Brady does in New England where they're asking exactly the same things, but it is based on some of those principles, some of those concepts that they do in New England. It doesn't really feel that complicated, though, when you watch it to the point where a quarterback with skill couldn't run it. One of the better statistical performances that I've seen in the O'Brien era was Brian Hoyer, I believe he had 22 touchdowns and seven picks before he melted down in the playoff game a couple of weeks after a pretty bad concussion and just played awful and to the point where you know he, that ran him out of town, ran himself out of town. That worked. And he, Hoyer's not a quarterback of a lot of you know physical talent. And so, yes, it can work at times. That probably seems like ancient history because it's a couple of years ago. The Brock Osweiler thing, I don't really blame him for that. Brock is an organizational mistake. Never should have been, you know, signed, and he, you know, was just terrible and didn't go along with Bill either. When I look at like at the first year, I say, okay, well, you didn't really have a lot to work with. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, you know, none of those guys really, other than Fitzpatrick for one season with the Jets, is considered a world beater. This is the first time, and I'll judge him on this. How do you do with some real talent with Deshaun Watson? national championship winner, All-American, first-round draft pick. If you can make things happen with him, then I think he can you know, kind of rebuild his reputation as the quarterback whisperer. But right now, no, yes. And, you know, you can't say he's making quarterbacks much better in a lot of cases. I also think you've got to look at the general manager at Rick Smith. This offensive line, even without Dwayne Brown, they have yet to really address it much. You know, Nick Martin picking him in the second round last year, that was a good pick. I think he's going to be good, but you have missed on Xavier Suofilo. You haven't put a lot of other draft picks into the offensive tackle position. So you really you failed to build a line. And that's a critical element in this quarterback thing, the protection. Aaron, great information as always. We know it's a busy day for you, so thanks so much for giving us a few minutes again on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. What say all you want to do is listen to a little sports talk on TuneIn, but all you hear is a lot of noise. With Bose QC35 wireless headphones, you just flip a switch and suddenly the sports talk comes through loud and clear. Bose QC35s are engineered with world-class noise cancellation, hassle-free wireless technology, and up to 20 hours of battery life. Lose the noise, lose the wires, and lose yourself in sports talk. Visit Bose.com slash NoHuddle to experience Bose QC35 headphones today. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's focus on football and automobiles. Joined by former Steelers linebacker Lamar Woodley and master car builder James Torres. Season two of his show, Tackle My Ride, kicks off Friday on NFL Network at 8 Eastern. 
pleased to welcome in the former Steelers linebacker, along with his co-host, James Torres, the master car builder. Guys, thanks for taking the time. Lamar, let's start with you. For our listeners who have not seen the show, can you explain the fundamentals, how football fans have their cars transformed, and do you think the process brings fans closer to our sport? I think that it definitely brings the fans and myself as a player closer uh, because I have an opportunity to to go to the fans' house and really get to know know them personally and their passion about their team, and he's definitely some fans that's um, that's you know big fans of of these different organizations, different teams, but also doing just great things in the community. And when they're doing great things in the community, they're, they're such a big fan of that team. Um, that team and that player select them to get their ride tackle out of all the fans that they have. You know, they pick that one special person. Lamar, you know when when playing in a game is good to hear from you. You know when playing in a game, cars was a big part of what we did. You know, whether it was a truck, whether it was a convertible, it didn't matter. It could have been a little buggy and how we created it. But what's the most satisfying part of the experience for you? Is it unveiling and seeing the fans' faces and how they react, or is it just the process just trying to get to that point to see how the how the, the, the ending product can be? I mean, for me, it's, it's more like uh, when we show up to the fans' house. You know, it, it seems like we're, we're showing up at the right times because a lot of these fans are in need of uh, getting their car restored because they do a lot of different things uh, in the community and also do a lot of different things like on game day where that car is dependent on not just them but everybody. Uh, so it just seems like as soon as we show up, it's like, wow, man. They just appreciate just us just showing up right then and there. So for me, that's that's the biggest part of is showing up at their house and seeing their face, knowing that they've been selected to get their ride tackle. Again, you're ready for Season 2 of Tackle My Ride on NFL Network. Check it out Friday, 8 Eastern. Let's bring in James Torres. James, we all like cars, but explain how you became a master car builder. Uh, it's just, you know, just over time, just working on cars and, you know, getting into the scene. And you know, I'm just blessed to be able to do it with my three oldest sons. And, uh, you know, now we're having a good time doing it with Lamar on uh, Tackle My Ride and just taking care of these fans. Either one of you guys can answer this one, and we all deal with adversity in our lives, and we go through so much. Some go through more than others. But on the show, you, you find you guys dealing with fans that overcome major adversities, whether it's losing a limb in a war, surviving transplants. And you guys are doing tremendous deeds and goods uh, for others. Uh, what do you guys learn from this when you look at the fans and, and how they are inspired uh, when you look at this thing along the way? You know, it, it it teaches us to uh, you know set a lot of set aside a lot of things that we take for granted, and um, you know just we look at you know some of the stuff that we think is really tough for us, and then you know we meet these fans, and their life's just a whole lot tougher, yet they still continue to do things and and uh, give back to the community and not ask for anything in return. Um, so by allowing us to tackle their ride and and do something that you know that they wouldn't necessarily do for themselves. Uh, for them as a, as a gift and, you know, just to show them that they are appreciated and what they do. And, uh, you know, when we go home, we, you know, we look at our lives and everything and, and, you know, we're grateful for what we have. Guys, Cornell and I approach this show like we're having a conversation in a locker room. It's fast and loose, a lot of laughs. James, I'll start with you. How is a garage like a football locker room? How's the garage like a football locker room? Well, I, I work with my three oldest sons, and basically they're, you know, like my friends, so we're always uh, going at each other, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans going on, and uh, it's just a good time. Lamar, do you see some connections between a locker room and a garage? 
I'm going to tell you how that garage is like a locker room. Jane's um, car shop is hot as hell. You don't have no AC <laughs> on in there. Um, he make his boys work extra hard in that shop. I mean, I went, I, when I went into the shop, I was there for about five hours, and I never came back. They have one wow. fan blowing. That's it. One fan? Come on, man. You, one, you one have NFL fan. money. Go buy your own fan. One, I mean, one fan in the entire <laughs> shop. It's about 110 <laughs> degrees out there. I'm never going back to house in Mexico. Well, I tell you what, you open the doors, get some circulation, that might help. But one fan, yeah, y'all, you know what? Some, who, who's the one that's controlling the money? It must be James because he's not it's spending too James. much money in that condition units. I'm seeing that, right? Well, as I told him, as long as they're moving, they'll stay cool. It's when you sit down <laughs> that you start to get hot. But as long as you're moving, you got air flowing, and then as you're sweating, the body will naturally cool itself. And so I'm just trying, you know, to keep them, you know, prepared, you know, just in case. I don't want them getting used to, you know, central air and heating and stuff like that. We're getting you and set. the doors are open. Yeah, well, you need some cross <laughs> ventilation, right. Well, open. you know how the it is, my man. you got to adapt to your environment. We're getting you set for Season 2 of Tackle My Ride on NFL Network. Check it out Friday night, chatting with Lamar Woodley, the former Steelers linebacker, and his co-host James Torres, the master car builder. Lamar, what have you learned about all of the unique attributes that James has piled up over the years? Do you think you could become a master car builder? I definitely can't become a master car builder because I'm not getting underneath no hood or wearing no hot uh, suit when it's time to paint a car, you know. So that's what that's what James loves to do. I'm I'm more the type of guy if I want to the shop with James, I'm making sure that everything's staying in order and everybody's working hard. Um, the refrigerator's filled up and stuff is getting done, you know. So I'm just checking the paperwork at the end and I'll head home. So that'd be me. Lamar, I know you watched the Steelers this past weekend. Um, playing with the Steelers at my time and yours as well. Going into Cleveland is always a tough game to play. How surprised were you to see the game be one of those grudge matches and then also see Le'Veon Bell only get, what, 32 yards off of 10 carries? Were you surprised at the outcome? Well, you weren't surprised. The outcome was what it was, but were you surprised to see that they go back and forth the way they did to where it came down to the bitter end? You know what? Cleveland always played as hard. You know, in that, that first season opener is always kind of like that tough game because in the preseason, uh, the starters don't really play as much. So coming to that first game, um, you, you know Cleveland want to beat Pittsburgh and you're playing down there in Cleveland. You know their fans are going to be riled up and, you know, Cleveland's going to come out and start playing. You know, and, and the last, I, I've been watching their defense line. It's been slowly getting a, a little bit better, but I expected Pittsburgh to go out there and really just dominate the entire game. Um, and you kind of look at it, um, that special teams, that, that block punt kind of really put Pittsburgh over the edge. And if it wasn't for that block punt, we might be talking, we might be talking a different story, talk right now. Guys, we appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations on the show. We're looking forward to checking out Season 2. If you need Cordell to be available for Season 3, I can make that happen. Lamar, he's always telling me about the Lamborghinis he was driving when he was playing for the Steelers. <laughs> Man, I hear all kind of stuff Cordell had, man. I mean, because we, we, we both got neutral friends. I mean, you always hear about Cordell had this car. He had that car, man. So he's always got something new. It was always good. They used to call me Carban. You know, he used to call me Carman because I had pretty much everything <laughs> under the sun. But we do know the same people. And Lamar was Carman himself. Car, let's say Lamar was Carman 2.0. How about that? <laughs> very true. Very true. All right, guys. Thanks very much. We'll chat with you down the road on the NFL on TuneIn.
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Let's say all you want to do is listen to a little sports talk on TuneIn, but all you hear is a lot of noise. With Bose QC35 wireless headphones, you just flip a switch and suddenly the sports talk comes through loud and clear. Bose QC35s are engineered with world-class noise cancellation, hassle-free wireless technology, and up to 20 hours of battery life. Lose the noise, lose the wires, and lose yourself in sports talk. Visit Bose.com slash no huddle to experience Bose QC35 headphones today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast today, it's time for the Fantasy Fix with Michael Harmon from SwollenDome.com. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30, he's gone! He's gone, what a move! It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked up! From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. Today, let's say hello to one of the best in the business, Michael Harmon from SwollenDome.com. Mike, as always, we appreciate the time. Adrian Peterson, a no-show last night in his return to Minnesota. Perhaps it came down to the play calling from Sean Payton, six carries. Just at 18 yards, do you think this is foreshadowing a challenging year for AP in the Big Easy? Yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult go as you run through. We we know the the Saints challenge defensively, offensive line a, a big question mark as well. So how much we see of Alvin Kamara uh, is the is the big part of the equation that you want to look at. I think he's going to be more your, your touch leader when it breaks out, and then it's Adrian Peterson versus Mark Ingram in the steel cage. Uh, I've just got the solution. Just trade him to Arizona right now. Just be nice. done with it. Don't, don't look at each other. No more barking on the sideline and cool memes and gifts. Uh, let's just shuffle it on and, and move forward because I don't think he's going to be happy with the workload uh, offered there. He's no better than a fourth running back at this point, wishing, wanting, hoping. If you were going to get the glory touches, it was happening last night in a big spot, and it didn't. Mike, with Kevin White joining Cameron Meredith as out for the Bears, who's number one there, and is he worth owning? Yeah, I get to the dump-offs to Tariq Cohen time and time again, uh, just because his nickname is the Human Joystick. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. So uh, one of the most popular waiver wire pickups, so it'll be dump-offs from Mike Glennon. Uh, Deontay Thompson showed up briefly on the radar. Kendall right out of the slot. I think he's going to see a bigger workload, uh, but I don't think either is going to be a weekly performer that, that warrants anything more than perhaps holding out a roster spot. Certainly not going to be active uh, until you see more out of this Bears offense. It's the Fantasy Fix with Michael Harmon from Swollen Dome.com. Mike, undeniably, Andy Dalton was a disaster. Four interceptions got very little going, but we know he has weapons around him. Do you expect him to bounce back starting this week against Houston? Texans a year ago, number one in total defense. Well, that's the question. Uh, five five point uh, or thereabouts or when we start talking about favorites and all those things. Uh, Dolton, a miserable day. Baltimore, a top ten defense. It's the one thing they had hanging their hat on coming into the year as we had so many unknowns about Joe Flacco and that offense. Uh, but what was intriguing and, and very curious here is you, you don't know about the workload split in the backfield, much like we were talking about with New Orleans, uh, but also that they couldn't spring A.J. Green, who's usually feasted on the Ravens 
Ravens, and Tyler Eifert was a no-show, so that's a bit difficult. Here with with J.J. Watt uh, and his injury, we'll see how they're able to contain that and get going. Uh, I would look for Cincinnati's defense maybe to to rule the day a little bit here uh, with a little bit of a banged-up Deshaun Watson, giving them a shot. I, I wouldn't drop him outright, but certainly not thrusting him back into the starting lineup. Two quarterback leagues, sure, have at it. He's one of the top 24 uh, but not much confidence. I want to see this offense develop here. Which tight end is more worth worth uh, a waiver claim uh, and after a big week in week one, Austin Hooper or Jesse James? Well, I mean, you want to get him just because his name's Jesse James, don't you? I mean, that, that, that's just not cool. But, uh, you know, you wonder if he starts taking on that Heath Miller role, like like Miller did his final four years there, 58-plus catches each of those seasons. I know they brought in Vance McDonald, a guy I like watching in, in San Francisco, kept waiting for him to break through, and it didn't happen. Uh, but looking at the offense, at least out of the gate, they, they couldn't get Martavis Bryant going. Le'Veon Bell struggled. Really, it was Antonio Brown and a whole lot of nothing except for Jesse James. So, uh, Ben, and knowing the love to the tight end position, I'll stay there. Hooper's going to have some big big gains and big production on occasion, uh, but we know there, there's a lot, of, a lot of guys to feed there in Atlanta as well. So I, I think I'll stick with Pittsburgh, knowing Ben's uh, proficiency and history at the tight end position. And you know the Steelers matching up against the Steely Vikings defense on Sunday. Michael Harmon, SwollenDome.com, is our guest here on the NFL on TuneIn. Mike, over the years, it's been plug-and-play at the running back position in New England. A year ago, LeGarrette Blunt had 18 rushing touchdowns. Mike Gillisley, three touchdowns in the season opener. Is he the running back to ride moving forward if you have to select one running back from the Patriots? Yeah, I think if you're in a point for reception league, then James White still gets gets a lot of love here, and they'll be ranked similarly because we can't expect the goal line heroics to continue because obviously you start looking at trying to feed Gronkowski and get that passing game going. But, you know, short term, what you saw from Gillisley, impressive uh, in between the 20s, but then certainly around the goal line. So uh, fantasy owners that hadn't drafted him, uh, well, they were rushing as quickly as they could uh, on the Thursday night to get those last-minute claims in. Uh, so I would suspect as, a, as an RB2, you're going to have some, some boomer bust-type games because we know uh, Bill Belichick loves to frustrate fantasy owners. How about those Jaguars? Uh, with Allen Robinson's injury, right, who gets the biggest fantasy upgrade from that offense, the Jaguars' offense? Uh, I think we'll go to, to Allen Hearns. You know, Marquise Lee, interesting, but more a big hit low-volume target production. This is the spot for Hearns to jump back in. Uh, it's just a question of whether the defense can, can be as stout as they were week one with their 10 sacks and just ridiculous play, uh, putting them in front so they can play with Leonard Fournette just running the ball and grinding out 20-plus touches. Uh, but in the passing game, you know, maybe they rope-a-doped us all in the Tom Coughlin scheme, knowing that they can get after it defensively. So we'll see. But uh, I would say Hearns, given past success, would be the, the number one, but not by much. Mike, last one for me. You alluded to David Johnson going down with the wrist injury. Any advice for our listeners who might have drafted him high and now are looking for a replacement? Well, it's hard. I mean, because the, the obvious is people want to do the one-to-one and say, all right, ask Kerwin Williams uh, what he can do for you or Chris Johnson coming back off the waiver wire. So you, you have to go outside a little bit. You know, I mentioned Alvin Kamara before. He's available in about 80% of leagues coming in. Uh, Tariq Cohen of the Bears, 
12 targets and, and look in that Bears passing game, he's going to be very popular. Charles Sims only owned it about 5% of leagues, and obviously it's a short-term fix before Doug Martin gets back, but certainly a potential there. Uh, and then as bad as Indianapolis will be, uh, maybe we get to showcase Marlon Mack, because we've talked about him before, uh, available in a ton of leagues and does some things that, that Frank Gordon doesn't uh, at this point in his career. So going a little bit deeper. Uh, and then you have uh, the great Buck Allen, yeah, Javorius Buck Allen, uh, the, the run and, and defense, they're, they're going back to basics in Baltimore. So a uh, big workload for him, perhaps an opportunity off the wire for people to strike gold. But I don't think it's currently on that Cardinals roster in terms of a direct one-to-one. Mike, as always, we appreciate the information. We wrap it up with pop culture. Cordell went to Austin Hooper at that spectacular touchdown on the road in Chicago. Hooper, the most underrated Burt Reynolds film of them all, 1978. Terry Bradshaw has a cameo, Mike. That's one of my favorites. Either that or you just start yelling, Hooper, like you're Robert Shaw. <laughs> Cordell now just looking around. That's what we do, Cordell. Yeah, you, wonderful like yell. you guys yell. Wonderful. You yell. You yell. Now, can we have a do. conversation about that? Go ahead, please. Uh, apparently I'm louder than normal. Now, maybe because I was on the baseball show last night. By the way, who's right. making a ruckus now? Well, Wasn't that's my you. Voice. That's you still doing it. Keep I, I going. I knocked your remote control off your table in Atlanta. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Mike, See can you saying, explain, Mike? Mike, can you explain to Cordell the concept of passion and energy? Passion and energy 24-7, whether you're talking about the National Football League, Major League Baseball, or how well Boris said is going to dominate a road track on the NASCAR circuit. you got to do it all, Cordell. And so then you're saying yelling is a part of it, too? And stuntman Burt Reynolds movie references in, you've won. Thank you, Mike. And by the way, it's not yelling. It's oh, projecting. Geez. It's oh, broadcasting. Right. Oh, you have to laugh at that with you, right? Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you having my back. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.